0: You're back. Welcome to Forbidden Cinema. Hello. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And today we're hitting up all the things. We're going deeper on everything that we missed or uh, didn't uh, quite get deep enough on for Scrooged.
1: Yes, answering all of the questions. In
0: a depth that's probably inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I went a little crazy. Sorry, guys. Well, we'll we'll cut a lot of this out, so you're gonna hear probably twenty percent of what we're about to talk about of all
1: of all of the the different ways we could go deeper in Scrooge. Yeah, there's I'm sure there are some obscure places we're about to go.
0: Yeah, so if you're looking listening to this and you're thinking, oh my goodness, that's deep. Just imagine what Jenny had to go through <laughs> to record this thing. So do you want to start us off with? Uh, we did a little bit of a. Forbidden Road Trip?
1: Yeah, yeah, we did. So um, Scrooge, obviously, is based on the Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol, um, which you can find you know, in plenty of iterations. If you want it animated, you want puppets, you want real life, you want black and white, you want scary, you want fun, like all of the things. So we have made a habit, um, well, I guess second annual, because last year, you know, nothing nah. happened. Mm-hmm. But we watched it on Twitch last year. Right, <laughs> right. doesn't really count. Doesn't really work so much. But so Dad's Garage, um, if y'all are in the Atlanta area, check them out. They are an improv group. They're a nonprofit. And a lot of the talent there um, is involved in Cartoon Network and Adult Swim. And you've probably heard a lot of their voices, maybe in Archer. Um, so if, if you're a fan of any of those, you can see any number of those people doing all kinds of crazy things on any given times. But during Christmas time they do what they call invasion christmas carol so the the uh, crew the, the the cast has rehearsed a christmas carol traditionally to a certain extent you know they they kind of add this their year own maybe a
0: little wackier than than years prior but yeah
1: potentially but you know so it's directed differently it's on the exact same show every year but it's also then a little added layer not the exact show every single night so it's called invasion christmas carol so what they do is the cast is unaware of what pop culture character is going to join the the frivolity that night so we went a few years ago and it was a character from The Walking Dead. So they have to adapt very quickly and make this person, as they pop in and out of scenes, which they don't know when and where they are, um, they have to make the story kind of still flow through a Christmas carol, but that makes sense as to this person being now there. So basically,
0: the invader just comes in and tries to ruin the play as much as possible. <laughs> and, and, they and they try they to, have adapt. to adapt. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, how do they make it work? Like, you know, changing costumes and, uh, props in the back, um, and it was fantastic. So this year, we went on Friday, just real quick, uh, up and down um, to Atlanta, and it was Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. It was great. It was funny. They were... Uh, I mean, who
0: wouldn't want to investigate the mystery exactly of, a, of, of a Scrooge ghost, uh, of the ghost
1: stories? <laughs> you know, the old man whose lawn you're not supposed to be on. <laughs> all all of the things, and it just it just got all crazy. But before that, uh, even before, we hit up um, a restaurant called Tiny Lou's. It's at the Claremont Hotel and Lounge, which is um, a uh, a fun seedy uh, landmark of uh, the. Um, The Dancing Ladies Persuasion.
0: The United States' oldest currently operating strip club.
1: Yeah, so there we go. So we were at a really nice French restaurant right above that. That's actually how they tout the menu, like, you know, above where the girls are, the girls dance or whatever. (laughs) But we've just barely missed um, being in the same hallowed ground with Mick Jagger. So
0: Jenny definitely took a photo op and we were posting it up and then looking at their website and like, wait a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Mick Jagger a few hours before. So
1: cool, cool. Cool steps to follow in. So, so, Mick, if
0: you're out there listening, you're, you're almost as cool as us, right? <laughs> is, that what, is that what we're trying to get
1: at? Something like that? I don't know.
0: We did run out of time, though. Dinner went a little long, so we didn't have a chance to go check it out. So that's the reason we didn't go, right?
1: <laughs> right, to see the, the ladies yes, dance? Yes, yes.
0: That's the reason why.
1: That's exactly the reason why. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so fun little road trip that we, was kind of adjacent to this, you know, a Christmas carol in, um, you know, a wacky way, which this is this was as well.
0: All right, so getting into some of our unanswered questions or things that we wanted to go deeper on. Uh, the Goth Elf. Right. I'm throwing up my hands. This is the second time. One time was on comic book continuity, and now the Goth Elf. I'm throwing up my hands. I can't figure it out. I'm sorry. Just
1: uh, random Goth just Elf. Just
0: random person. It apparently did not. Not enough people have noticed it to do to, to do the research. So.
1: Congratulations for being you the first. Me. I, know, <laughs> I know the only person who cares.
0: <laughs> uh, that we talked about how the opening of this movie felt very Tim Burton-esque and mm-hmm. maybe the whole, movie, but this movie came out nine months after Beetlejuice, so there really is no Tim Burton aesthetic. This is just Richard Donner doing okay. Richard Donner things with Danny Elfman music, and yeah, so it
1: just yeah that created that same kind of magic.
0: So you thought you recognized Mrs. Claus? Yes. Okay, so she is Jean Spiegel Howard. Okay,
1: does that mean anything to you? Name wise, no, I don't think so. Okay. She's Clint Howard's mom. Oh, I mean, she's Ron
0: Howard's mom too. But, right, yeah. right.
1: She gives off more of a Clint Howard vibe. <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I don't know what that means, but okay. So acting family then? Yes,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, acting, producing, everything. Um, and then Santa Claus is Red Dog Webber. Does that mean anything? No. to No. No, it doesn't. He is a famous pogo cello player, or as famous of a pogo cello as as you can be. I had never even heard of this instrument before. I think you'll notice it when I show it to you. But pretty much everybody that plays this instrument builds their own. Huh. So get on Google and search pogo cello so you can kind of see what it is. It's basically a pogo stick with a, a beer keg or a or a cookie tin and a door spring and a bunch of random bells and cowbells glued yeah, and onto it and you like beat in, it on the ground and, in the and whack essence, it with a stick. The
1: essence of like one of those like one man band things that you see in weird movies, mm-hmm. you know, like just some guy on the street, like that's got like some sort of like clamps or, you know, symbols on his shoes and all that kind of stuff.
0: But apparently, yeah, in, in Americana and some forms of bluegrass, it's kind of a standard, hmm. standard instrument. And yeah, he's okay. one of the, one of the best to have ever done it
1: good for him (laughs) all right he also likes lee majors
0: yes yes Uh, so i mentioned that that looked like an arnold schwarzenegger prop and i said it's probably more of a jesse ventura prop Mm -hmm. it's actually the prop that jesse ventura used in predator
1: wow okay so
0: it's not only like it it is the. it is the the original yes yes
1: so fighting uh SWAT teams attacking uh, Santa Claus and Predators. Yes,
0: exactly. It has defended the Earth from, <laughs> from all the all awesome manner of scourges. All right. Uh, the Dune costume designer, I could not remember. I wanted to tell you so bad. Mm-hmm. The Dune costume designer also designed the costumes for Demolition Man.
1: Okay, I could see that. A
0: movie that we've seen a few times, and they go to the future. Right. And things are a little wackier than the future, I don't really. know what these people
1: thought about the future. <laughs> I mean, you just got dumpster fires, trash can fires, you've got flowy robes. It seems like a really terrible
0: combination. Oh, like the trash can fires, the dumpster fires, and all that, like the beginning of Demolition Man, it's set in 1996.
1: So I, <laughs> Right, they really, th- I mean, I just, the future is supposed to be so devolved, and who uh, I don't know, we might be... We might be devolving rapidly,
0: right? So, yeah, I did the math, and most of the characters in Demolition Man are about like the older characters in it are like my age. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> we don't remember a society before things were peaceful and loving, right? Like, uh, you were alive in the '90s, bro. You know.
1: <laughs> well, if that was '96, though, yeah. Um, I, I yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of of futuristic. Mostly because of the words. Mostly because they just make up a bunch of nonsense words and we're supposed to be okay with it. And I'm not. I I think that I'm not.
0: That's actually a recognized thing that a lot of better sci-fi writers and quote unquote smarter sci-fi fans do not like when they just let's let's do the same. Let's just make a sentence, but we'll make a future word on it.
1: Right. It's like, uh, like I'm going to no. pay
0: with some giggle glam, you know. Right. Like like okay. <laughs> some future money. Like yeah. 3 seashells, okay. <laughs> Um, so speaking of movies that make a lot of just made-up words replacing regular words, mm-hmm. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I guess I, the film was just the Masters of the Universe. I do
1: love that movie. We watched that movie a lot. I don't know why. We had it on a tape with probably, I don't know what else.
0: I mean, Skeletor is chewing some scenery oh, in man. that film. Oh, man. Frank
1: Ligela is, is just. He not in the same
0: movie as everybody no, he, else. No, he's
1: in a Shakespeare movie. Like he, He's like, take that, Kenneth Brenna. <laughs>
0: But so, uh, Chelsea Field, who plays Tila in that film. Okay. Okay? Yes. Do you know where she got her start? I do not. She was a solid gold dancer.
1: Ah, right. Okay. So bring us, we're winded back, bring us to the solid gold dancers. So the solid
0: gold dancers are from the show Solid Gold. Okay. And my memory was really serving me pretty well. It was kind of an American bandstand-like show. Okay. Uh, hosted by Dionne Warwick and I believe Glenn Campbell.
1: Well, that's At the beginning. a weird combo i know i know they're really trying to hit a lot of audiences there yeah and
0: after dion left uh i believe uh and arsenio hall was the host briefly okay and then dion came back and it was so supposed
1: to be kind of a mix between american bandstand and maybe soul train. soul train yeah okay yeah. I don't yeah. think it
0: ever truly captured the, the culture or the way that some of the others did. But uh, yeah, um, you can watch several of their videos on YouTube. Anytime Madonna comes up, all the sound drops out. I guess Madonna is litigious. Uh,
1: <laughs> she would be.
0: Yes, yes. But uh, Chelsea Field, I really kind of dug on her, uh, her IMDb there for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in a film um, called A Passion to Kill. Kind of a 90s softcore erotic thriller. Okay. Why are there not more? Like, We really, you know, we started this with basic instinct. And just how allowed that was back then for there to be that? I don't I mean, know. This is a movie straight to video, straight to late night cable starring her and Scott Bakula. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it. The erotic thriller is just a time stamp. I mean, I there's nothing like it. I, I guess it's just, who's it for? And, and we've talked a little bit about this, about you know the change in who they mo- make movies for and the demographics and money and, and all of that. And movies up until that point were for adults. Like kids just came along. Like there was, you know, other than Disney movies, um, there was not, you know, this robust kid audience or they didn't think that, you know, parents make the decisions Mm -hmm. they didn't think about how influential advertising to children would be and how that could you know then influence the parents and once they made that shift there just aren't movies that are just like really for parents anymore i mean even all the the marvel stuff like you've got deadpool which should not be for kids but i bet you because it's part of the marvel universe like kids want to see it like it's they they still think it's for them even if it's not designed for them but I
0: think Prime Video or Netflix or one of them recently just had that new movie Voyeurs, I believe it's called. That's kind of marketed mm. as a smart, erotic thriller for okay. adults and kind of bringing it back. I, I happened across a spoiler like the first time I was even hearing oh, about it. And it kind of – spoiler alert, it ends on a super bummer. Is <laughs> that is
1: that the one with Steve Zahn? And what is that show – no that's not no never I, think, mind. I think you're thinking of something else I'm thinking of something but... else that's like Steve Zahn and um, Jennifer Coolidge ah. which she she kind of seems to be making a little bit of a, a comeback <laughs> which I do love
0: so I don't know so maybe if that if that uh, movie does well maybe maybe there'll be more maybe like so. it. and maybe there'll be more like it that aren't such a huge bummer at the end
1: well and like, I guess there was all or nothing at that point too like mm-hmm. it was either gonna go to straight to video or it was gonna go it was it needed to be good enough to be in the theaters and now there's a lot I mean they put a lot of production behind a lot of these but at the same time um you know there's not the same risk level when and, it's out there
0: yeah maybe with better distribution channels and guaranteed money maybe some people will take some more risks I feel like people take fewer risks with guaranteed money though
1: they yeah seems to so you know we'll as we mourn we, we will continue to uh, pay homage to the 90s thriller
0: right well next time one comes out that doesn't have such a huge bummer ending we'll check it out and we'll report back for you guys sure for sure. But yeah, basically, uh, mental illness, suicide, it, it doesn't end well. And... No,
1: that's too serious. That's not what those movies are about. Those no. movies are about accidentally you catching a nip slip on regular television. That's right. what that was for. Like...
0: <laughs> like watching Silk Stocking, just hoping <laughs> yeah. this time, this right. time. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, Chelsea Field and Scott Bakula actually fell in love and are still in married. Oh, still that's married adorable. That I
1: I love both of them. I, guess, I loved watching um, Quantum Leap.
0: Yeah, he got her a small part on NCIS uh, New Orleans or whatever oh, which one yeah, she yeah. was on, and by the end of the show, she was a series regular. So, oh, that's great. So she's like <laughs>
1: back out. That's great. I haven't. I've only watched. I think the crossover episode, which then launched uh, CSI, they're New Orleans. I think.
0: Is it New Orleans? Is it NCIS or CSI? It's one of them. It's I NCIS. Know. It's NCIS. He's in CIS, okay.
1: New Orleans. And he's got the kid um, who I th- I always get this wrong. It's, it's the kid I think that's in the fourth Fast and Furious that's not Forrest Gump.
0: Okay. Okay. I think
1: he's in there. You know, you got to have some strong accents when you're going to have an NCIS in New Orleans. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. But I think that um, Scott Bakula is like Gibbs.
0: Okay. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. I don't know. We, we definitely... there. just got to be too much NCIS. And <laughs> well,
1: uh, I think Gibbs is gone now. I really? Think Gibbs, moonwalked away and retired. Now we just have um, uh, Dick Wolf's stepson and... Yeah, there's not enough left on And uh, just... Wilmer Rolland. We have... Uh, <laughs>
0: pull the plug and let's just like let's let, let whoever's left go to LA, okay? Can we just do that?
1: <laughs> they can they can decide. They can make a split and go to New Orleans or LA. We have uh, a like we're shutting we're shutting this branch line down. Line in the sand. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so do you have anything before we move on to ask copy or injuries?
1: Ask copy? No, no. Let's go right towards that.
0: Apparently, roughly 15% of all copy machine service calls for we- the history of time, according to a Xerox internal document, are suspected to be from ass copy Like or by bre- like breaking,
1: breaking the, the glass. The glass. Yes. <laughs>
0: So about, you know, one out of 8 times where a service man goes out to to fix a copy machine, it's probably cuz somebody was copying their butt.
1: Well, having worked in the same space for over 5 years, we have not had one of those service calls. I can <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Um so we are we're we're breaking the chain.
0: You work with people who would copy their butt if nobody was watching.
1: Maybe, but for a while I would have been the person who would have had to call in the service. I know so, and you
0: would not have been amused.
1: No, no, no. They would have had to come clean to me. <laughs>
0: Apparently, though, uh, copying your butt was a pretty common, uh, not just so much leaving it in the tray for somebody else, but then you take it to the fax machine and you start to fax oh. it. And then you tape it together once the fax machine gets moving. And so it just continues to roll through <laughs> and so just sends it over and over so you're and over spamming and Spamming
1: people via fax. <laughs> okay. So, the, so, so the the spamming fat like basically this is an early dick pic pretty for the much. most part like uns- oh, unsolicited. unsolicited
0: pictures of, i i uh, man babe you just really brought it to another level there i'm
1: sorry but that's what it is it's unsolicited nude nudeness <laughs> i mean i know butts are like a different but, butts are
0: funnier than dicks <laughs> well dicks are pretty funny if they're uh, uh, until they're threatening <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's very little between the two, um, but but yeah, oh, so. yeah, butts
0: are funnier. I don't know. And now you're making me rethink all the pictures of my butt I've taken with disposable cameras at weddings and. <laughs>
1: It's past. There's nothing you can do now.
0: you right. It was. It was 2004. <laughs> you, know, you don't
1: two- need to timestamp it.
0: <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> There's somebody out there with one of those little pictures. Like,
1: the, I wonder who this is. is you know, has the, the old pictures
0: that have the timestamp. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, Printed on the picture.
1: Yep. You did it. Mystery solved. Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys on the case.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> the case of...
1: The, <laughs> the mystery mooner. <laughs> the wedding honeymooner <laughs> oh man the honeymooner i like that
0: <laughs> all right so um are we going so i have to make a retraction uh, mitch glazer did not I, at first i said directed and i corrected myself i said he wrote and produced um lost in translation actually he did not write it sofia coppola wrote it
1: oh i knew that but
0: he did produce it so he, okay. he... this is somebody who's involved in the production of of lost in translation okay um, but you know that uh, Mitch Glazer and Bill Murray have worked together several times, and Mitch Glazer is married to Kelly Lynch. Okay, and you have told me this story probably four times over the course of the surely last year, surely not years. four times, and you don't remember me telling it to you or you telling it to me. <laughs> but I guess y'all, the-
1: I only have so much space in my brain, <laughs> and once it's done, I've told it like you know. It's it's done. But but now I can be delighted by it all over again, and you get to tell it to me.
0: Yes, but apparently every time Roadhouse is on TV, which lately has been pretty regularly, mm-hmm. that uh, Bill Murray will call, no matter what time of day or night, Mitch Glazer, and tell him that he's watching Patrick Swayze has Sex with Your <laughs> Wife.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that seems like a real Bill Murray thing to do. Yeah, pretty much, like, I know that you at any given day that you're off and I'm not home, like that Roadhouse is on. That could be point break. One or the other. It whichever is one's, whichever
0: one's streaming for free this it is month.
1: Swayze station.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Swayze dog all all. all I'm all, not just, like I'm on another on
0: another floor of the house, but it's just it's noise. It's
1: comforting <laughs> to know that Swayze is is upstairs. It's on my TV,
0: yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna move to the Washington, Pennsylvania Observer Reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, newspaper we've gone back to many, many, many right. times. Um, Terry Hazlitt, unfortunately, doesn't have anything to say about this movie, which makes me a little bit sad. It is playing in theaters there. Is he still
1: reviewing it th- at this time? His or article
0: is-, is actually about Ernest Saves Christmas.
1: Really? Okay. What's Ernest Saves choice? Christmas
0: was not in theaters at uh, in Washington, Pennsylvania. Okay. It uh, I guess you know played I guess it plays better in the south. <laughs> uh, I guess Imagine Ernest
1: Imagine that. burn.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. But uh, it was not commercial or is not critically uh acclaimed, shall we say? But it was a pretty modest financial success. And there was a letter writing campaign to the local theater owners to bring Ernest Saves Christmas. To Washington, to Washington, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. <laughs> and they succeeded. Oh, and they wow. they got it for one week before Christmas.
1: The people were heard and the people got what they wanted for Christmas. Just in time.
0: The people demand earnest. That's, Jim Varney
1: looking kind of nice.
0: <laughs> I'm concerned some of the people that demanded earnest uh, are probably not getting vaccinated right now. <laughs> there might be some crossover there. There's some Venn
1: diagrams.
0: Yes, yes. Um, we have the number one song. The day this movie is released, mm-hmm. any care to guess?
1: What's the date?
0: Um, it is November, yeah, of November twenty third, I think, of nineteen
1: eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight. Ooh. Um. Mm, I'm not gonna hem and
0: haw. Gotcha, Kokomo.
1: Oh wow. Okay, so I we I danced to Kokomo. It did an acrobatic <laughs> dance to Kokomo. Um, so 1988, yeah, I would have been in mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I was like third grade, maybe, maybe fourth grade. Um, and like my mom cries when Kokomo <laughs> plays like every time now. <laughs> <laughs> so Kokomo as a very near and dear. You can ask my mom about Kokomo oh, during Christmas wow. if you want.
0: But uh, smooth criminal second week on the charts at number 39. Okay. So it is just breaking the top 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, my prerogative it oh. up from 36 last week to 23 so this week. So also
1: with that, so the costume that I wore for Kokomo is the costume that we wound up using when we did a dance for our talent show. It was, So it must have been fourth grade um, or maybe third grade summer talent or recital fourth grade talent show. So we danced to the um, – time of my life from Dirty Dancing um, and the kid that won dance and kind of lip synced to my prerogative and all the parents talked about how like, you know, uh, how inappropriate it was.
0: So it was forbidden theater.
1: It was forbidden theater. (laughs) It was forbidden. Yeah. Forbidden songs. No Bobby Brown. because there was thrusting.
0: So Bobby Brown is climbing the charts forever young down to 25 from 15. So forever young falling off the charts. Welcome to the Jungle, 30, uh, 35th last week, up to 14th this week. That's a big jump. So that's a huge jump. Every Rose has its thorn at number 10. Okay. And uh, Bad Medicine at number 6. Fun.
1: So we have. we are seeing... The battle of the bands, literally. The hair bands are start are still out there. We've got, got a little bit of
0: rap hip hop. You've got hip hop coming up. You've got Guns and Roses mm-hmm. coming up. It's just a different
1: and the Beach Boys just just being like, "We're still here. <laughs> We're still here, guys. We're still sunning and sunning buns on the beach. We're here wearing some Hawaiian shirts.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And right. Uncle Jesse's going to do some drumming for us, <laughs> keeping
0: it relevant." There's an article that this is the one-year anniversary this day of the uh, requirement to wear a seatbelt in Pennsylvania.
1: All right.
0: So way to go, Pennsylvania. Getting on it. You're a little late. A little uh, late,
1: but but still still ahead of New Hampshire.
0: (laughs) I don't think anybody from New Hampshire, I was checking the the downloads, nobody from New Hampshire has checked us out. Not yet.
1: We haven't thrown enough shade. Let's get a beef with New Hampshire.
0: (laughs) Up yours, New Hampshire. Like people from the Czech Republic listen to us; and they're way better than you. All right, uh, fiber for the first time is recognized as an important dietary component. Oh Lord! <laughs> so just like, which my diet before 1988, I can understand that my parents didn't know that. You
1: know, yeah, but yeah, that a lot, a lot of the we had a lot of pre-packaged foods starting to happen that were sans fiber.
0: Yes, a review of. um of Scrooge, though, says that Bill Murray is the best at being charming in a sleazy way and sleazy in a charming way. Exactly. I figured that would really kind of hit to what your mom doesn't like about him.
1: Yeah, I think so. But also, that's what makes him more of a game show host than a scientist. <laughs> uh, I think that Dana Barrett has got it on the money. Um, yeah, uh, absolutely. That he's always—it feels like he's got some like not as big shoulder action as like wild and crazy guys from SNL. So I'm like really throwing it back. So that that's where, you know, even being a child of the early eighties, not even really, you know, coming to age until the nineties, um, 70s SNL is probably still, like, the most I'm
0: familiar well, with. 70s SNL was all over Nick and Knight.
1: Yeah, so we watched that. It was my parents, too, like, you and know... And there was no
0: other... Nothing else was in syndication on SNL, so, you know, you'd, it would be on twice a year. You know, they'd be on and be on in reruns. And, and it'd be
1: something that, you know, my parents would want to watch or my dad would want to watch specifically. Um, and so, you know, he wasn't as, like, yeah, shoulder-shaky, like, hey, 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 but definitely... Um, yeah, he kind of was slightly more one-noted um, as that kind of sleazy, charming, charming, sleazy uh, <laughs> in SNL.
0: Uh, so moving on into $40 million television special.
1: Right, okay.
0: So $40 million, uh, in today's dollars is about $72 million.
1: That's a lot so of money. Modest
0: budget for a feature film, but it's huge for, for a, like a, a one-night one television night live.
1: special. Yeah, that's
0: huge. I don't know. I mean, this was probably the time of television specials. This is the time of of WrestleManias, of Band Aids, of We Are the World. So I'm sure a lot of those had huge budgets just in the beaming everything everywhere, and
1: and we're coming off of the variety show mm-hmm. um craze too. So that's people are still like recognizing that that's not the way to do it, but people want to see um everything in a show yes so you you've got you know your classical actors you've got your classical story then you got your solid like, gold dancers and you. because so you got your
0: hip-hop you've got right, your pop culture Yeah, you need to um, hit
1: everybody you need to the, you got to play to the cats have the mouse in there you know <laughs> everybody is so that still have that variety show mentality but knowing that we can't be on like one stage just you know dancing
0: around in bell bottoms um, but scrooge cost 32 million
1: the movie the movie <laughs> cost less than the the one time. <laughs> Got it. That's hilarious.
0: So I was looking at some other some other movies around the time, and actually I was kind of shocked at how expensive *Scrooged* was. Really, I mean, you know, when you put that into a modern movie budget, that's nothing, right, you know, for what modern movies are. But uh, the most expensive movie of this year was a Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there's there, a
1: lot of technology in that.
0: Yeah. Second most expensive was Rambo 3. Which okay, there's a lot, again, you know, a lot of blood and body parts flying in that. Yeah, a lot of yeah. guns, a lot of explosions, a lot mm-hmm. of helicopters. Stunts mm-hmm. cost money. Horses. Right. You know, things cost money. Filming on location costs money. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Beetlejuice. Cost $15 million. That's a really modest budget for the amount of effects and stuff they, yeah,
1: they were they were able to do a lot of a lot of special effects that you know weren't not you know they weren't completely done practically. They couldn't have been completely practical in the way they did them, but they still because it's so quirky of a lots movie. Of miniatures,
0: lots of claymation. It worked start or stop motion, right? And- it
1: worked to go that way because it was such a weird movie. Anyway, you expect you didn't expect things to move naturally, mm-hmm. so you had a lot of leadway um, to go back to some you know what could have been considered at the time archaic type of effects.
0: Yeah, but some of the other biggest movies of the year. Rain Man okay. was uh twenty five million. That's
1: a lot of money for
0: It's probably a lot of money to a, Dustin Hoffman yeah. and to Tom Cruise in Salary, I'm guessing. Yeah, probably. Um Crocodile Dundee two at fourteen million. <laughs> All those knives. Hey, that was a, a big hit. And I'm pretty sure Paul Hogan, I don't think there was a contract with for a sequel, so I'm pretty sure he did pretty well to mm. come back. And they can't make it without him, so Right. Uh, Big cost eighteen million. Okay. Die Hard cost twenty eight million. They did a lot with twenty eight million. They did a Die lot Hard.
1: with twenty eight million.
0: Willow thirty five.
1: Wow. For like not anybody famous really.
0: I mean Val Kilmer was somewhat known at the time and it's it's Ron Howard so you know he's okay. kind of a deal he wasn't right. as much of a deal yet but he just come off of Cocoon and so Cocoon that was, cocoon a, was a modest budget and huge success I
1: actually did see because I did like look a little bit at uh Mrs. Claus she was just a random lady in Cocoon
0: okay <laughs> and uh you know it's a uh
1: but I didn't realize that she was like how like the Howard gotcha, mom gotcha, the gotcha. matriarch of the Howard yes, clan yes.
0: Um, uh, George Lucas was still, I mean, this was, you know, he was involved. He did the story for Willow. So this is okay. before he lost his damn mind. And, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe some would argue that this is the point <laughs> where it all went wrong. I don't know exactly where this meets Howard the Duck uh, on timeline. Ooh,
1: but, yeah. Howard the Duck. It's creepy as hell. Yeah.
0: Uh, three men and a baby. 11 million.
1: That's probably all salaries. I love three I men and a baby. has a lot of.
0: Pretty important people at the time in it. True, that's
1: not that much for salaries f- for them, but I love that movie. The movie is so fun, and it's got like the best soundtrack. I love it.
0: And it helped me get my wrap my head around my Tony Danza and Ted Danson situation. Got
1: it. Once a tiny dancer. And- <laughs> <laughs> but I was trying to
0: think of the of the movie with Will Smith and Tony Danza. I know it's Will Smith and Ted Danson. Okay, okay. okay. That's Made in America. Are you familiar?
1: Um, maybe is is there some like pay pay uh crap? I can't think of the word. Um, some parentage stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes. yes. I who's believe, the, who's uh, the daddy? Goldberg you some, um,
0: is. Uh, you know they are have a African store with African interest and whatnot mm-hmm. in in California, and she lets her daughter know that her dad was not the man she thought was her dad but uh, okay. was an anonymous donor and then they find the anonymous donor and it's ted Danson. okay
1: i vaguely remember that
0: it's got may the main reason not, i mean it was on channel one the previews for it every morning weird every that's a morning. weird
1: channel one movie i
0: know but will smith yo there's a white man at the door
1: <laughs> i do remember that yeah i do remember that okay yeah i mean great lie just said it's a ted Dan yes
0: uh, so yeah, so that's, uh, I did, I was thinking about an actual movie, I was just putting Tony Danza in a Ted Danson role.
1: Yeah, only if the character's name is Tony, is it Tony Danza. <laughs> gotcha,
0: gotcha, I've not seen it, so. I mean, that might be one, I don't know where that fits in this, but that might be one on the Forbidden Timeline as well, because it kind of looked funny, and that was definitely a no on my parents. I mean, I don't know why they didn't want me to see a movie about sperm, but. I mean, because- but I had no problem with Look Who's Talking.
1: And it has like literally sperm.
0: like starts with
1: swimming sperm, yeah, sentient sperm. <laughs>
0: oh man, <laughs> gross. So we'll be directing sentient sperm. <laughs> I don't know if that's horror, adult comedy. I don't know. I don't I know. know. Is Seth Rogen doing a voice? Um,
1: I don't. You may, that seems right. <laughs> it seems like the sperm that didn't make it is voiced by Seth Rogen. <laughs>
0: Uh, This one, I don't really have a lot to elaborate on. Um, I've already said this. The clock tower was struck November 12th, 1955. No. Okay. So not a lot to elaborate on. I don't know where we really go with that. But it was earlier maybe that I was thinking.
1: Okay. But I mean, I think they went... To November 5th, 1955, is when is the date that time travel is invented. And so they so go then we, a, week. a week. ahead. So then the clock tower. Then we have the enchantment under the sea. So it's, it's all that's 50. happening right before the, It's 50
0: days before, you know, Bill Murray's life gets ruined.
1: 15? 50.
0: 50. Like the, the invention of time travel. Because it's Not, December 24th. And then so 50-ish days if it's November 5th.
1: I guess so. That's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so just think of all that innocence that's about to get shattered with a package of veal. Sorry. Um. So we have Free South Africa. We talked about yes. Actually, a Keith Haring.
1: Oh, okay. Painted that. Okay.
0: So that was kind of a, and this was really approaching the end of his life and the end of his work. So this was one of one of the later later things he did.
1: Is this kind of the towards the end of apartheid is that what that's all this before? is during
0: apartheid during yes apartheid? yes okay. definitely i think uh, i think mel gibson didn't destroy apartheid until um until <laughs>
1: sorry. i don't think mel gibson had a lot to do anything with any race relations
0: whatsoever <laughs> but i mean he didn't he shoot uh what's his name oh in lethal
1: weapon yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: like the, uh the the guy the guy from uh, mighty ducks <laughs>
1: Ver- Werner hartzog no
0: no, am I am I confabulating?
1: I don't know. Maybe is that Werner Herzog?
0: No, I believe it's it's the same guy as the bad guy in um in part two of of I can visualize Ted.
1: It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I visualize. but I don't know who that is. Maybe it's not. I who think... I just
0: assumed was dead for like twenty years because the character was dead on the Mighty Ducks. Well, you know,
1: um, he's, he's like, an old dude. it's yeah. not impossible.
0: <laughs> we'll have to go deeper on that here later. Okay. Um, So I was looking to try to find the edition of the Kama Sutra that uh, she gifts him. (laughs) Of course. You know, got to add it to the forbidden bookshelf. Sure. Haven't quite been able to figure that out, but I did find there was a Kama Sutra pop-up book. (laughs) Ooh, what's coming at you? See, that's, I'm a little disappointed. Okay. I'm I'm a little disappointed in you publishers. You're asking 50 bucks for this thing, and it's not so much popping up. It's really sort of just sliding side to side. Mm. There's some raised things. But the, it's it's not popping up.
1: That is unfortunate. Yeah, there's there's a lot of variety there that that could have been happening. There could be legs all akimbo. Um, I mean, there's several things. There's
0: like four or five different tabs on one page.
1: Yeah, but that's that's like action book it's not a pop-up book
0: exactly exactly so a yeah. li- little disappointed in the pop-up karma sutra i really think there was some i mean <laughs> i've got the the lion the witch of the wardrobe uh, pop-up book that jenny got me for christmas a couple of years ago and the uh, wizard of oz mm-hmm. guys if you ever have if you haven't seen those and you see them at the bookstore play with them they are incredible it pops up taller than the book it is amazing
1: yeah so, so yeah. you would think that the karma sutra they'd be pretty creative but sorry apparently yeah, not
0: not so much not so much uh, so deep diving Playboy booze ads from uh, from
1: nineteen
0: ninety eight. We have Southern Comfort no, eighty eight. Sorry, nineteen eighty eight. Actually, I went to a December of eighty eight because the November issue we usually go to for sex and cinema had really nothing to say. Okay. Plus, this movie was not released until you know d- d- later than the November issue would have come out. Okay.
1: Uh, Southern Comfort. Okay.
0: Okay. Seagram Seven Crown. Yeah. Gordon's Gin. Okay. Hey, Gordon's Gin, favorite of uh, James Bond, something we can't even find at our local stores. <laughs> uh, Seagram's VO. VO? I believe it's a cognac. Okay. Or a, a brandy from Seagram's. Okay. I don't think any of it's very good. I don't know. All right. I don't actually don't think I've tried any of these so far.
1: No. What, what's the other Seagram's?
0: Uh, Seagram's Seven Crown. It's a whiskey-like thing. Oh, No. I think you drink it with Seven Up. It's a seven and seven. I've
1: I've heard of seven and sevens. I feel like I've seen someone order a seven and seven. Gotcha. I've never had one.
0: I think it is still one of the top selling whiskeys in the world. So when hmm. you take when you take out the Indian brands, it's still in the top ten or so. Wow. I was watching a video about it. So okay. Yeah. Um, Michelob.
1: Right. Even though we had what Bud Light in this in this movie.
0: Yes, we did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crown Royal okay which i will i'm not gonna fight anybody like i was gonna say like i will fight you (laughs) if you say you don't like crown royal that's not that it's a little basic but i will disagree with you it has a lot of
1: flavors which is (laughs) we were we were at a a whiskey warmer a few weeks ago and there were a lot like there was a crown royal booth and there was like apple and lots of different flavors i don't know you can't find the peach Peach. peach sounds disgusting peach
0: is being reviewed by like credible whiskey sources as one oh, of the okay. best flavored whiskeys ever made
1: all right well good for it i don't i don't want <laughs> i don't want a peach whiskey
0: gotcha yeah crown royal it's a little basic but i will disagree with you if you say it's bad
1: i have no bad things to say
0: we have hennessy mm-hmm. we have, uh, gilby's gin
1: gilby's gin okay
0: not familiar uh de Serono amaretto i told you there was gonna be <laughs> amaretto on this yes thing. yes were yes. aperitifs than i was really expecting though okay i guess aperitifs are gonna be out of style a little bit by now i guess you know in the 70s they were all over the place mm-hmm. but uh, or not aperitifs
1: um, uh uh liqueurs liqueurs mm-hmm. yeah uh
0: beef eater gin classic jack daniels
1: becoming a classic i guess at that point then
0: yes uh b and g wines I don't know what that is. That's just a jugs of wine. Distributor, probably. Yeah. Um, Reynal Brandy. Okay. Wild Turkey. All right. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea about Wild Turkey. The only cultural reference I had to Wild Turkey was when uh, they were trying to have a baby on uh, Married with Children. (laughs)
1: He's (laughs) drinking Wild Turkey. a bottle of
0: chocolates for you and a copy of Biggins and a bottle of Wild Turkey for me.
1: (laughs) I did see something that said that since... Um, Disney actually bought Fox that now Peg Bundy is a Disney princess. Is a Disney princess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of love that. Uh, I, I do kind of love that. They also have a article introducing some of the first single malt scotches to be available outside of Scotland that are now being maybe distributed in the United States. Okay. I guess apparently, Your wheelhouse. Yes. I guess apparently that... Uh, me kind of thinking, like, why didn't people drink good scotch in the 70s and early 80s is because it wasn't available.
1: It was... It had not crossed the pond.
0: The, I guess Scotland Scotland was just drinking it all themselves. They were holding <laughs> it all. I knew. But they actually have a pronunciation guide.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, fine.
0: Some the, and, and they properly have pronunciations for Akintoshan, Briclati, Laphroaig. They talk about uh, Highland Park, Glenmerangi, McAllen, Glenfiddich. So we're talking some really 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 premium stuff here
1: mm-hmm.
0: along the lines of all this rotten <laughs> so I guess the stuff that's paying to be in the magazine is yeah and then the stuff that uh, that they're seeking out for the magazine is, is maybe a little higher end. okay
1: making a change
0: yes um in playboy this month we have the top comics for the next decade
1: the top comics, comics yes like, like comic books or Comedians. Uh, comedians, the top
0: comedians. Okay. The thing people that they think are gonna be big in, in the nineties. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Um Elaine Boosler. I don't know her at all. I haven't looked her up and I mean she's funny. I watched some of her bits, she's funny, but I I have never seen her. She in didn't anything. cross over. Robin Williams. Okay, called it. Had been in six movies at this time in the last eight years. Had and
1: then that's maybe a little like safe bet to call
0: But six movies, four of them were not funny.
1: So, okay. I, I kind just... of looked
0: up like how many like Robin Williams, Robin Williams movies there are.
1: Mm-hmm. Only
0: about five. Okay. Like he's really like. Woo, 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 in just a couple of his movies. Pretty okay. much everything else is pretty serious. I would not have thought that thinking back on his resume.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. They're right. Jay Leno. Got it. I mean, <laughs> they're hitting the nail on the head there. Mm-hmm. Gilbert Gottfried. Hey. Gilbert
1: Garvey is important. Yes, he is he, very important. If he did not make it the way he wanted to, he pushed his way, he screamed his way into, <laughs> into our hearts and minds, regardless. He
0: definitely did it his way. Yes. He definitely he did. did. He did. And uh, Sandra Bernhard. Okay, yeah. So um, they pretty well called it on that. Mm-hmm. I mean,. They wouldn't have. Chris Rock would have been like nine at this time. Right? <laughs> so yeah, not there yet. They wouldn't have been able to pick that out. And so, yeah, good, good call. Um, Harlan Ellison wrote an article in this about uh, comic books being for adults as well. Now, he brings up the Rocketeer, which has just been published.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, Hellblazer, John Constantine, The Spirit, The Dark Knight Returns. I don't know if you've ever no. you've probably never read The Dark Knight Returns, no. but it is very much. Modern comics kind of spring from from that. Okay, It's yeah. a Batman story about Batman having been retired for 20-something years, being pulled back into it. And it's fantastic. But fantastic. I'm
1: familiar with all the other stuff, and yeah, that's all much more adult.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I was so scared to look up what happened to uh, Miss December. Her name is, sorry if I'm going to butcher this, Kata Karkainen. She's a uh, Finnish, so I don't really know okay. how to pronounce Finnish- worth she was the uh, women's bowling champion oh well, that's in fun in finland <laughs> i love national it champion bowler hot um,
1: bowlers that's what every bowler like secretly wishes oh
0: yeah absolutely absolutely uh we've got her single uh lonely eyes oh if you ever get a moment to uh google that it is up on youtube and uh It is some serious disco for like 1990.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and some like kind of Madonna, like off-the-shoulder action clothes, but no.
0: Yeah, but uh, so she actually turned out okay. She's a prolific Finnish writer. None of her works have been translated into English, but she's a kind of the the Finnish Janet Ivanovich or something. Great. Good for her. Uh, They had the Playmate of the Year playoff. (laughs) <laughs> so there's a runoff you can call a 900 number it's a different 900 number depending on which one you want to vote for got it uh, it's 50 cents a call okay okay there is a chance that at least one day some of them will be in there answering the calls themselves Ooh, that's <laughs>
1: uh that'll that'll rake you in send those 50 cents
0: oh yeah oh yeah but uh miss may uh diana lee uh she mentioned that she's an actress -hmm. An aspiring actress is that she actually has a role in License Revoked,
1: License with Timothy
0: Dalton. The movie's License to Kill. I think I got the name wrong. (laughs) Maybe it was being filmed under a different name. Oh,
1: so the the the, Timothy Dalton James Bond.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Got it. Okay. He you know he turned that down earlier Earlier, because he thought he was too young to play Mm -hmm. James Bond, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, I think he play- she plays like the girl on the arm of Shang Tsung. So. Okay. Which Shang Tsung and Katana are both in that scene in the ca- casino.
1: Hmm.
0: And that's 89, I think. Hmm. Which is really weird that two of actors who would go on to be in Mortal Kombat movies so many years before Miss mm-hmm. uh, July Terry Lynn Douglas mentions that she's going to be in Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Oh. So there we go. Is she? She's uncredited. She plays Angel Eyes, Cody, Jeff Healy, the guitar player. She plays Uh his girlfriend. Okay. She's uncredited. I don't know if she has any lines. Okay. She's in it. Okay. You can see her. Yeah, but she's in a film and she's not naked in it. That's something to say, you know. Great for her. I mean, we have Miss April, Eloise Brody. Uh, She mentions that she's in Troop Beverly Hills. She's actually credited.
1: I love Troop Beverly Hills. It's so cute.
0: She's credited as Starlet at Party, but she is credited. Cool. Yeah, so, uh, and I, please do not, like, like I'm trying to down anybody for having naked pictures taken of themselves or for, you know, claiming to be an actor. I'm just, you know, I, I'm rooting for these girls. Like, after the last time, yeah. I'm really wanting these girls to make it big. I want
1: somebody to, like, be a senator
0: now. I know. I really do. Uh, Miss August, uh, Helle Mickelson. Helle Mickelson. Um, she is in... Russian ninja or Russian Terminator? It's been released differently depending on whether ninjas or terminators were more hot at okay. the time on video. So they would just randomly re-release it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, you know in in '88 ninjas were bigger, so they it was Russian ninja. But then when Terminator Two came out, it was Russian Terminator, and it's the same movie. There's absolutely no changes to it. <laughs> A movie entirely in English that nobody, none of the actors actually spoke English. So the entire thing is just learned phonetically. <laughs> Oh, wow. If you ever have a moment, check it out. It's entire thing is up on YouTube and it is So inflection wacko. is probably
1: a little sketch.
0: It, it, it is something else. Okay. I mean, like just thinking like all these people are speaking English and none of them have any idea. Well, that's the what way
1: I, I started off as a vocal major and we took a class specifically on how to sing in different languages and that's how you did it. Like we weren't learning how to speak those languages and what things meant. It was how to, how you to know, pronounce, how words the pronounce words and- in song. Yeah.
0: We also have uh, Lisette Anthony has a pictorial. Are you familiar at all with her? I don't think so. I feel like uh, she was in Krull. Crawl. Crawl. It's a kind of a sci-fi fantasy Mm-mm. film. I'm
1: not familiar with um, that either.
0: From the 80s. She was in Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> okay. With uh, Leslie Nielsen and yeah. Mel Brooks. Yeah. Uh, she is fake Leslie in Without a Clue, a movie that we talked about a couple oh, of podcasts I ago. I love Without
1: a Clue. That's one of my favorite movies um fake leslie there's a
0: real leslie as some guy with blonde hair and then there's fake leslie that is her i have no idea okay. i don't remember the scene i don't know leslie
1: i kind of vaguely do i mean i don't think i've watched it probably since we watched it probably 17 18 years ago mm. a fantastic movie we should revisit
0: yeah uh she's in some episodes of tales from the crypt uh she's in a bunch of kind of erotic thrillers for the time okay. she's in a movie called save me it's an erotic thriller from the '90s, which I'm gonna hold up. I don't think anybody cares. Anybody's ever heard of this movie, but I'm gonna hold up as being one of the better examples of the genre. Okay. Basically, a you know femme fatale like character, or I guess more damsel in distress, just kind of slides a guy a post-it note in a uh, in a bar and says, "Save me." And oh wow! The, the hijinks and the wackiness that goes from there. That's intriguing. Yeah, um, she is in 429 episodes of British soap opera Hollyoaks, so she's doing just good fine for her. Right now. That's
1: fantastic.
0: I don't think Brian Adams' music videos really live on very much. Are there any not, that you can picture in your head? They're not...
1: A little bit of summer of 69, maybe. Um, but honestly, I probably have a little bit because we, we saw Brian Adams a few years ago mm-hmm. and he had a lot of his the videos playing behind him performing stuff, which was a fun thing. Um, but a, there, a lot of them
0: weren't his music videos, though. They were just new art installations. Well,
1: some would, but some of them were the old music videos. And so they kind of brought them to forefront again, but not really. I
0: don't feel like his stuff really were the greatest music videos. You know, it didn't live on like other stuff from the era, you know, Madonna right. videos and Michael Jackson no, videos. No, it was just because it
1: was an era when like people made music videos because this is what you did.
0: Exactly. But she is the girl in Reckless, Heaven, Somebody, Run to You, and Summer of Sixty Nine. Oh wow. She's okay. the girl had like five so Adams videos.
1: He 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 dug on her.
0: Yeah, uh, there's an article about
1: And they're it. not married? No. I mean, that seems like exactly the kind of thing.
0: No, it doesn't appear that they ever dated. Uh, huh. just, okay. Yeah, just, just one of those things. Hmm. An article about AIDS in 1988. That's kind of a weird thing to go back to.
1: A weird thing to go back to? Like, uh, just a, AIDS, a time or? where
0: we were still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we didn't even yeah. really have, I think they, there was a Nobel Prize in 87 for identifying the AIDS virus. That there was still, you know, we had Rock Hudson, uh, Gia caragni Liberace, and Jerry Smith, like the only celebrities to have passed away from it yet. There are less than ten thousand cases. I
1: think until um, Magic Johnson. Magic I, Johnson is really it, is broke. really what brought it into the yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, you know, the, the HIV virus was still had a name at this point, but nobody was mm-hmm. nobody was using it. There were still still publications calling it 4H disease and GRID disease, mm-hmm. the gay-related immunodeficiency or What homosexuals, Haitians, hemophiliacs, and heroin users is the original name for it. Wow. And that that was the medical terminology for it when it first Mm -hmm. came out. So, yeah, it's amazing how far we've come Mm -hmm. on that. Uh, So we didn't have anything at all in the, you know, sex in cinema but we do have at the end of the year the sex stars of 1988.
1: The sex stars. Sex
0: stars of 88. So just
1: like people they think are sexy. Yeah.
0: Who's the sexiest person in in Hollywood in 1988? Okay. I don't want to. I know you. This isn't one of those things where I'm just gonna like make you narrow it down and, and make you nervous and make a lot of dead air radio. What? Just give me a guess. We've actually talked about the movie this person's in so far.
1: I mean, is it Patrick Swayze?
0: No, Jessica Rabbit.
1: Okay. So they, they, they're like, doesn't have to be an actual person.
0: I think what they're kind of saying is it's not the best year for sex in Hollywood <laughs> or in, in pop culture because the, the, I mean, a cartoon just, girl is the sexiest thing out there. She's
1: pretty sexy. I mean, and then you're voiced by Kathleen Turner mm-hmm. and um, playing some patty cake. There were, there was a lot going on in that movie. There was a lot. There was a lot of sex. We might have
0: to watch that movie for like, what were our parents thinking kind of moments.
1: Yeah, we watched it so much. I mean, they Mickey had Mickey Mouse is in that movie. Yeah, Mickey Mouse in that movie. Everybody's in that movie. Um Mickey they, Mouse
0: would not be allowed to be no, in that movie this no, year. No.
1: They would have protected him of of, of that but yeah, I mean, there's there's so much stuff that I'm assuming they were like, oh, they won't get it. They won't get it. Like, it's just cartoons. Uh, but even beyond that, the whole like premise and Christopher Lloyd, uh, like that was terrifying. I remember like that at the end and all of that was really one of those things that like bothered me and bugged me. But like the
0: whole premise of it being a crooked land deal and utilities. And... Which we
1: talked about with this too, yeah. uh, you know. With this would talk about with this movie?
0: No, I think it was with Batman Returns.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, same, same idea, truly, but also like just really, really horrifying. Like it, it would not if it had been humans and they were doing the same thing and it wasn't cartoons, it would like it would have just been there there's no way the rating would have been just off the charts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In terms of violence. Uh Runners Up, Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon. And what, ten Cup? I think they had Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Another sporty movie. Ray, yeah. baseball. Yeah.
1: <laughs> baseball movies, the most boring of most movies, I think. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Sports movies, whatever.
0: So uh, sexiest kind of new to the scene, who wasn't really all that new to the scene, but I guess they're like, welcome, you've arrived. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis for A Fish Called Wanda.
1: Okay. Well, she's stepping in. She's, she's cut her hair. She's stepping into like being, you know, not a scream queen. Mm-hmm. She's kind of returned to being a scream queen. Kind of has. Um, but uh, she's actually getting ready to be Kay Scarpetta. Really? Yes. Okay, I'm curious about There's that. There's a new book out, too. So there may okay. be something that we can revisit. Um, if y'all aren't familiar with the Kay Scarpetta books by Patricia Cornwell, a um, mystery series that you know was really prolific in the 90s. Um, but yeah, so she's going to embody Kay Scarpetta. So we'll okay. see how that goes, which I hope it goes well, because I remember loving those, but it's been a long time since I've read any.
0: A tie for the male side of things. Okay. Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise.
1: Oh, that's too like so different.
0: It is. It is. But this so is the year different. of cocktail and big. Okay. So, this is the year that both kind of really jumped out.
1: Mhm. I mean I
0: thought maybe this is a little too late for Tom Cruise. I figured Tom Cruise has already kind of arrived, but whatever. That good good for him.
1: I mean, he's still he still looks basically the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Tom Hanks is, you know, Tom Hanks is aged gracefully. What what did we hear if we were listening to something and it's like you could tell like all all the years have been kind, or something, in the way that they like. You could tell that there were there were years, but they'd all been kind uh, in, in the description. They've all been kind. Um But Tom Cruise eerily. I looks believe that the was same. actually a Jenna
0: Ivanovich book that. Who've...
1: Um. Yeah. Actually, I think you're right. Yes.
0: So we have some runners up. We have Cher,
1: Ageless, who
0: won an Oscar this year. Oh, for Moonlighting. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have Vanna White. Okay. Vanna White, how much do you know about her history? I know she
1: was a beauty queen, Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I don't know.
0: Beauty queen, aspiring model, um, got the job on Wheel of Fortune in 82, five-year contract to 87. 87, a bit of a scandal. Uh, A bunch of nude photographs of her were published in Playboy that were taken before she was a big deal. Okay. I mean, it's tough to think. You know, we've, we've got a lot of... Nude photos of people getting out nowadays. And a lot of times. They're not. There aren't the proper releases in place. I still question the ethics of something. Even if you do have the proper releases. Of of releasing it later on. When someone gets famous. I mean you know. you They were paid for their time. You have the model releases. It,
1: You know though. You know that life is different. Yes. Like you know as the person releasing those. That. Their life is different, and this is going to affect them differently. That's you. It's it's predatory. It's 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 capitalizing and predatory to a certain degree. You know that. I mean, it's how
0: Playboy got its start, publishing issue uh, images of um, Marilyn Monroe that were taken years ago before she was a star. It's uh, you know, just I believe in '87 was when the uh, Vanessa Williams. Stuff mm. was published in in Penthouse magazine. All, of these, all of them the all the legal stuff of Madonna, I think, was a couple of years before. It's, the it's, ethics are weird, though. The ethics, the ethics are, are weird, on
1: that. and depending on the person, that's the thing. Like with some people, depending on what the their trajectory, it you're taking the risk is like, yes, you're with the with these pictures, like you're maybe creating a payday for yourself, but you could also be crashing mm-hmm. the payday. Um, because it could be ruining someone's career, um, depending on the persona that they've created at this time. Hey,
0: but credit to credit where credit's due. The producers of Wheel of Fortune offered her a huge new contract to come back. And, I mean, she's still with us today. Yeah. I mean, it.
1: yeah. It, she's as
0: important as Pat Sajak to the success absolutely. of that show. Absolutely.
1: You know, that's that's you, you can't imagine you're going to sign up in 1982 for something that you still have a gig on now. 39 years
0: later. I mean, that is one of the... Just, one of those institutions in American television. Mm-hmm. and so I, I I invite you to just thought experiment, like what would happen to in something like that now?
1: Oh, like naked pictures coming out for right naked
0: pictures that come out all the time, but they're all you know on the internet and you know, illicitly obtained. And you know what if you know a somebody in a major household name, you know were to have something published in a very national way? You know, I, I don't feel like people would be as kind.
1: I don't know.
0: But then I, again, you also makes you, then then you also make Kim Kardashian and and uh, Paris Hilton become stars off things. They like become that. stars so. off of that.
1: Um, I think it depends on who's their audience base mm. is going to be a big piece of that because I think that you know if they are not in more of the conservative space. Um, I think a lot of people are going to rally behind them from a neat me too kind of standpoint of like, you know, these are decisions that you made. I mean, obviously these things stick with you and with the internet, um, even more. Um, but I think that people are going to rally around someone and be like, you know, you did what you needed to do and, or you had to do, or, you know, and I don't think it's going to harm them in that same kind of way. If it's a very conservatively backed person, I, right now I think things are so much more polarized, at the moment they i think it ebbs and flows but um if it's a conservative darling i don't know
0: yeah i don't know i just i, I really was it surprised me to learn that that had happened to her and, and the, that they were so
1: cool yeah, yeah the, in, the, the, in the early 80s yeah i mean i applaud them for that because you know that just is what that is
0: yes uh we have eddie murphy michael jackson on the list for um for music, we have uh, Pamela DeBaro, who wrote I'm With the Band, kind of a groupies hmm. uh, testimonial. I think there was a movie with Ali Sheedy playing her. Okay. Uh, we have music. Uh, there's more music. with Samantha Fox. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She was a British page three girl. who She did the Naughty Girls Need Love Too." Okay. Pretty famously used in Clerks 2. Okay. And she was a huge pop icon in, in Britain. In Britain, okay. Um, Vanessa Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is her the start of her music career, her, kind of her comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, Prince and Vanity, both in this. Okay. And Michael Crawford.
1: Michael Crawford.
0: The original Broadway and London Phantom oh, of the oh, Opera. Yes. Okay, yeah. I was like,
1: <laughs> I know that name. Okay.
0: So, uh, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to really say because I have a whole lot to say about couples.
1: Okay. These are sexy couples? Sexiest
0: couples of the year. Okay. Okay. Um. We have Janet Jones and Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Which they are still together to this day. They and all Great. Fair, it seems no domestic violence allegations. I, I can't find anything. I can't find any cheating scandal. It really seems like they're just a normal happy couple. Just
1: Canadian and lovely.
0: Okay. <laughs> that okay. That that being said, <laughs> all right.
1: Big breath. We
0: have uh, Linda Kozlowski and Paul Hogan.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Paul Hogan was actually married twice to the same woman before her. Huh? That's
1: yeah. You got to think like maybe he's holding the flame.
0: <laughs> married the same lady twice before you. I don't know. They ended up being married for almost fifteen years, but yeah, not uh, didn't didn't end well. We have Donald and Ivana Trump. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they'll. Uh,
1: Let's move on from that. Yeah,
0: if you ever get a chance, uh, go on Paramount, I think, and watch WrestleMania 6, I think. WrestleMania 6. And you can see Marla Maples sitting two rows behind Donald Trump that he kind of snuck her into into the building. I guess would later kind of almost Fred Flintstone-like sneaker on a ski trip with Ivana. And be trying to have a ski trip with both of them at the same time.
1: He's like wearing a, <laughs> a Moose Lodge hat and one and then a non-Moose Lodge hat and another one.
0: Exactly. He come, comes into the to the one again like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, why are you wearing your bowling shoes? Right, right. <laughs> what? A, and Mike Tyson and Robin Gibbons. Ugh,
1: yeah. no. I mean, do
0: you even want to get into that or? No, it's okay. terrible. Yeah.
1: And... I have to like say, you know, whatever, however he's positioned himself in the last few years.
0: He's come back from a lot. In he public has, opinion.
1: and I think that that's that's to we're all to blame for that. Mm-hmm. The fact that we kind of find him like funny and delightful now, do really probably due to the hangover. But he left a lot of damage in his wake, and that shouldn't be forgotten.
0: Yeah. I was definitely reading an article about him. Are you familiar with the Buster Douglas fight? No. At the time, he was in boxing. This is we're running a little long here, so we might cut all of this. Okay. In boxing, a uh, there are four major titles. Four different sanctioning bodies give titles, okay. and then these sanctioning bodies kind of tell you, "Well, this is the person you have to fight next if you want to keep the title." And then most of the time, people are like, "Oh, I can fight this person to make a lot of money, or I can fight this person to keep the title," and so. There's no real sort of, and and all the time, like different people have different titles. There can be four champions in one like in one weight class, okay. and and uh, Mike Tyson won every title and kept them for a long time, and was unstoppable, unbeatable, and went to Tokyo Dome to fight Buster Douglas, and his uh, he was out till he didn't go to bed that night. He was out partying with Bobby Brown doing cocaine. It's his prerogative. <laughs> he was a 42 to 1 favorite to win this fight. Uh, Ten minutes before the fight started, people were going online and making kind of their prediction as to how long it was going to take before he knocked him out. Mm-hmm. And the trainers didn't even bring a uh, an enswell or any sort of anticoagulants blood stuff. They didn't even really bring. They were bring. Just super cocky. And I got his ass beat. I mean, beat, beat, beat. For about ten rounds. Then one uppercut knocks guy to the floor. Guy gets up and puts him down for the first time in his career, and that's it. Mike Tyson loses the biggest upset in, in the history of sports.
1: A lot of people won a lot of money that night.
0: Yeah. Or some
1: people won a lot of money that night. A lot of people lost no, a lot of money that nobody,
0: night. Nobody nobody wins money. In, in when there's that kind of because that means nobody's betting on the on the loser yeah you know, or nobody's nobody's betting on the dog when there's that kind of numbers I and mean, people are maybe taking a little flyer putting a couple bucks on it but no that you you know you, you do that to try to get even money but yeah so that's and then he would come back and and win a ton of fights right after that and uh, then he went to jail and yeah and was never really the same after but so yeah it's a uh, Boy, he was a he was a, he was a, a figure. Mm hmm. Yeah, we'll probably cut most of that out. I, I don't know what that adds to this. Uh so we have blondes. They're gonna stale through this, we're running long. Greta Sachi, uh Virginia Madsen. Virginia Madsen's making the list. Okay, good for her. And Brigitte Nielsen. Oh Brigitte. Do you remember a time?
1: A time before Flavor Flav, no. <laughs> She it's actually, not a time that I knew, really, until after Flavor of Flav.
0: She actually made it on the list. This is the second year in a row. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, last page. Well, we have Hef's ex and Hef's new girlfriend, which I don't – that doesn't really count. Is
1: that a running thing?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh. I don't know. And Jessica Hahn.
1: Oh, Jessica Hahn. Yeah. Oh, man, you guys, if you haven't, like, I don't know if you're familiar with that, if you're familiar with, you know, there's a new movie out with about uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye with Jessica Chastain playing uh, Tammy Faye Baker. And so it's Tammy Faye and Jim, Um, you know, crazy story, crazy story. I don't know if they're going to get in. I haven't seen it. I don't know if they're going to talk about Jessica Hahn. But Jessica Hahn was just obliterated, you know, in terms of who she was and what happened to her in the in the press. And so check out, you know, check out look at the real stories um but check out you're wrong about um it's a great podcast mm-hmm. to get into a lot of maligned women yeah. um and she was really done dirty she was assaulted and it seems like nothing but and was seemed to be you know portrayed as some sort of two bit hussy taking down this conservative man And that's not what happened. I mean,
0: was this the face that launched a thousand ships? I mean, you know, an empire crashed and burned because of her. and Not because of her. Not because of her. Not because, sorry. But that's, um, a man chose to give up his empire for her. Not for
1: her. They did not have a relationship.
0: He gave up his empire because he wanted her and to throw her away and thought he could do it with scot-free with With no consequences. Yeah.
1: With impunity. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Anyway, yes. So... Ending on that, yeah, uh, evangelist from the 80s, not so great, yeah. <laughs> it, tur- it turns out. Uh. <laughs> I think earlier in this issue, there was actually a thing that they uncovered. The Pat Robertson's, uh, the birth of his child and his marriage didn't quite add up to uh, what he was claiming uh, from the 700 Club. So, yeah, way to go, guys. Good job. Good job on that. The people that Nobody were
1: being- cares except for the fact that they make such a big deal about it.
0: The people that were being held up to us as saints were uh, no better than the people that were being... Held maligned, up to us as, as mm. being maligned.
1: Sorry, um, we just use that word three times, and like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
0: I mean that's what forbidden cinema is all about, though. It's about looking at the things that we were told this is good and this is bad, and mm-hmm. looking back at them, and you know there there are some there's some value to some things that were forbidden to us, and there's some things that were, there were some promoted dis- distorted that, lenses. Yes, absolutely. So what else you got, babe?
1: I think that's it I think we can wrap that up we can we've seen ghosts from the present the past and the future um, and yeah so I think that is that we're going to. And Even though Scrooge was fun and light, um, you know, we're going to take it up a notch in the levity um, department and we are going to watch Christmas Vacation. Um, it's one that we've both seen a million times at this point. It's on all the time. We make a point to watch it regularly at Christmas time. But it was, you know, not something that we watched in my household. My mom doesn't like Chevy Chase. Um and you know, there's like a lot
0: of a lot of comedians. From she the really 70s. has a, like
1: some lines in the sand and just kind of like this person is this, and so this means this e- movie equals this, which is very much in line of what we're talking about. Like not even probably knowing what this movie is about. But that being said, there are definitely things in this movie that probably that were not appropriate that just get really glossed over because basically Chevy Chase is just a cartoon dog whose eyes are bulging <laughs> out and he's going auga auga. It, like like it's what regular men do.
0: Hey, you're just like on wild things. You were talking about how I wasn't doing that. It meant I'm <laughs> some sort of a better person. <laughs>
1: Well, well yeah, I mean but it's painting the picture as if like this is what men in the late 80s and early 90s were doing like no matter what the situation, no matter how hot their wives were, like there was always someone else to ogle. So, anyway, still the funny movie, still enjoy a lot of moments of it, but we're going to watch it and really kind of take it dissect it and yeah, really take it from a different lens. Yeah, I
0: don't know, we'll have to we'll have to see how that works out. You know, I don't think we've done a movie on here so far that we've ever watched a lot, so recently, much, right? So, we'll so yeah,
1: we're gonna we're gonna really kind of step back a little bit, take a little bit, you know, more of a lens from the time period, and round out our Christmas season. Can and you if it believe sucks, it? We're not
0: gonna do another one. We're just gonna go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> <anyway. laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> I mean, everyone enjoys Christmas vacation. I'm sure we'll have some funny things to say about it. So, you know, strap in. Um, yeah, make sure you got all your lights checked, and uh, yeah, ho ho ho. Merry Christmas Pass. I need it. I can't remember the line. Ho, ho,
0: ho, holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? There we go. All right. Bye guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>